Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, good morning. Welcome back along to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football family. An earlier edition today, uh, just because work commitments um, have kind of taken over my diary and what I didn't want to do was not provide you guys uh, with the podcast today. So I thought I'd do it at a slightly earlier time, which is interesting because we tend to get a different group of people uh, in the live chat basically because this time I guess I'm assuming works uh, better for some of you Uh, so good to see some less familiar names in the chat not that I don't enjoy seeing the familiar names but you know what I mean good to see a nice variation of people joining us on this edition of the podcast and on today's show we're going to be talking transfers it very much feels like this season is over now obviously I want Arsenal to go out there and, and put in a performance and get a victory against um, against Nottingham Forest at the weekend. Obviously, I want them to go on and win that final game at home to Wolverhampton Wanderers so that we, the fans, can give the players, the manager, the staff, the send-off that they deserve after what's been a really, really good season for Arsenal. And I know it doesn't feel like that necessarily right now, but I think when we get to the summer, as I've repeatedly said over the last few weeks, We'll look back on it and we'll be proud of what this Arsenal side have achieved and we'll be proud of the progress made. So, yeah, um, really, really looking forward uh, to sort of sitting back now and I guess watching Arsenal (laughs) with a bit of um, with a bit more calm, with a bit more relaxation. Um, Not that I prefer to be in that position than the position from which we could have gone on and won the league. But, you know, we can just go and enjoy the last couple of games now and, and just sort of Start focusing on the future now. And listen, we're going to bring you the same coverage uh, of the last two games that we've been bringing you for all of the games over the course of the season. The preview show, the reviews, uh, the player ratings on the Another Slice platform for our members. We're going to be doing all of that. It's not to say that these matches are insignificant, but as you guys will know that have followed me or or listened to me over uh, the last few weeks, I am in the mode now where I'm starting to look ahead. It kind of started for me after we got battered at Manchester City. Now, I know, you know, we've had all sorts of disappointments since then, but that was when I looked at the opposition and I went, we're not there yet. You know, in fact, we're nowhere near yet. And although people were sort of making a big deal at the time about William Saliba's absence, which I do think had an impact on the game and has had an impact on a number of games that we've played since then, um, since, of course, he was ruled out with injury. I don't even think William Saliba being in the side that night at Manchester City would have closed the gap and the chasm between the two sides. You only have to look at Manchester City's run of results, the the incredible run they're on, the depth that they have, the talent that they have, the fact that it's been all managed perfectly by Pep Guardiola to the point now where whilst everybody else is is kind of um, 
you know, running on empty and struggling to be at their best. In a lot of instances, Manchester City have hit their peak just at the right time. I remember earlier on in the season looking at Pep Guardiola's team selections and thinking, what on earth are you doing? You know, why is Kevin De Bruyne not in the side? Why is Bernardo Silva playing on the left uh, sort of as a, as a fullback almost at times? And actually what Pep Guardiola was doing was managing players, managing their minutes. He's got lots of top quality individuals at his disposal and he was able to make those changes and rotate things whilst all the time staying within touching distance. Now, obviously, they've been a little bit fortunate in the fact that Arsenal have fallen off. And so their run of form has meant something. Had Arsenal continued on the run that they were on or continued to put points on the board at the same rate as they did in the first 19 games, then, of course, it would have meant nothing for Manchester City to go on this run now. But Pep Guardiola understands and recognises and knows what it takes to be as consistent as Manchester City have been over the last few seasons. He's seen Liverpool sides who were far more consistent than this Arsenal side go right to the death and not be able to compete with his side because they've peaked at the right time and they've done all the right things. So listen, don't beat yourself up about it too much. Um, Let's focus on the future. And I keep saying this over the last few days. It's really, really important now that we build on, on what we've got. And um, and that's where I'll segue into the transfer talk, because uh, there have been a number of reports coming out over the last few days uh, with regards to some of what we believe to be our primary transfer targets. Now, lots of talk over the last few weeks. Will it be Declan Rice? Will it be Moises Caicedo? Is there a chance that Arsenal could go out and get both of these players or would that simply cost too much money? We've heard in recent weeks that Granit Xhaka could be on his way this summer. And that has, I think, prompted people into thinking that the possibility of getting both Rice and Caicedo is a very real one. What I would say to that is if Arsenal think or, or want to go out and get both Rice and Caicedo, what happens with Granit Xhaka isn't going to make the world of difference. Certainly not from a transfer fee standpoint. OK, we'd save some wages and, you know, we'd we'd sort of be able to make that structure work a little bit better, perhaps, if um, if Granit Xhaka was to move on. But in terms of a transfer fee for Granit Xhaka, what are you going to get? You know, those reports and those rumours and those stories that we heard the other day were indicating that Bayer Leverkusen were looking at something like 10, 15 million pounds. Is that even going to make a splash when you're talking about going out and getting a couple of players that are probably going to cost you let's say 95 and 70 million pounds, you know, and I'm talking best case scenario. So, you know, what I'd like to see us do is keep hold of the likes of Granit Xhaka, keep hold of the, the components that have given us this base level of success this season and build on that, not necessarily replace. We do need to replace in some areas. We do need to upgrade in some positions. And obviously, Rice and Caicedo, you feel, would be significant upgrades in our midfield. But you don't want to take away this base level that we've had this season, provided by the Jacques and, and the Partes and, and all of these guys. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at on that. But what are the latest reports saying? Well, according uh, to various outlets, Arsenal are prepared to sanction moves for both Rice and Caicedo. It doesn't say necessarily what would have to happen in order for that to be a reality. 
who might have to leave, how much Arsenal would necessarily need to bring in in terms of transfers. But there is a sort of feeling that Arsenal are likely to move some players on this summer and to generate some money that way in order to bolster what the club were going to spend anyway, plus the Champions League money that's coming in. You've also got to factor in, though, from a, a sort of wages perspective, being back in the Champions League has led to a rise in our outgoings generally because what you've got is a, a number of players, from what we understand, who had clauses in their contract that meant if and when Arsenal got into the Champions League, they would they would get a pay bump and an increase. So your outgoings are going up regardless of whether you bring in more players or not. Now, obviously, that's offset against the fact that you earn money from the Champions League and and there's TV rights and sponsorships and, and God knows what else. You know, we talk about sort of the stadium and the attendances. And, you know, in the Europa League, it's been tough at times to fill up the Emirates Stadium. Um you know, that's that's been the case. That's the reality. And and it goes back to what I was saying a little while ago. You know, sort of there's been a lot of uproar about the difficulty that people are finding to get tickets. But when we were sort of slumming it in the Europa League, I, I didn't see full attendances. I didn't see people rushing for tickets. And it's funny because I've seen this personally over the last, um, you know, year or so, maybe less, where I remember a time two, three years ago when I would be working on a game and I couldn't give my ticket away, right? So I've got my season ticket and and I had occasions and, and, and experiences where I wasn't going to be using the ticket because I was working on the game or I was working elsewhere and I could not find anybody to take my ticket off of my hands for free. Generally, that's the truth. And this year, you wouldn't believe how many people have asked me if I can help them get hold of tickets. Now, if I can help, I will, of course. But it's been really difficult this season because there's been this huge interest and everybody's wanted to go every single week and nobody's wanted to give up games. Even when, you know, we've been in Europe, in the Europa League, people wanted to go because they're so, they've been so engaged with, um, with uh, Arsenal this season, that they feel like they want to be a part of it all of the time. And that's great. That's a positive. But if you can't fill up the stadium all the time, we can't just talk about expansion when things are going well, you know, when, when it's fair weather, if you like, we've got to, we've got to have that consistent demand to be able to justify the cost and, and all the other headaches that come with looking to potentially expand the stadium further. So, um, yeah, look, there is an engagement, there is an interest, but the point I was going to make there before I went off on a, on a tangent about attendances and tickets was that we're going to get bigger gate receipts for the Champions League because more people are going to want to go, A, and, um, and B, you're going to be able to sell these tickets in a higher category. So, you know, I think Europa League, I don't know what category those games, someone might be able to tell me in the chat, fell into in terms of Arsenal's ticket pricing, uh, sort of bands and um, and sort of groupings. But yeah, you know, the Champions League is, is top level and you're going to see top level prices charged for those tickets. Plus, you're going to see bigger attendances. So it's not just what you get from TV. It's not just what you get from sponsorship the gate receipts are going to improve as well um, around that. And so our costs are going to go up, but you have to speculate to accumulate. You have to spend money to make money, and that's how it's going to go. And and what I will say about KSE is, is they seem like they're willing to do that by all accounts. 
you know, Rice and Caicedo, could we go out and get both? You'd love to think that we could. Arsenal, from what we understand, have sort of set their stall when it comes to West Ham and Declan Rice at around about £90 million, uh, ready to kind of smash that transfer uh, sort of record that we set with Nicolas Pepe for £72 million. Arsenal, happy to go beyond that. They recognise that the market's changed. Things have become more expensive generally. And that player of Declan Rice's ability, potential, the fact that he's English, homegrown, all of that factors into the price, Premier League proven, etc., etc. They know that they're going to have to spend big to get him. Still, for me, I can't see a world in which Arsenal spend 90 plus million pounds on Declan Rice and meet what Brighton are asking for, for, for Caicedo. That's just me. I can't see that happening without significant sales. And we know that Arsenal have been bad when it comes to sales in recent seasons. And we know that that's held us back in terms of just being able to go that extra mile to do the business that we feel we need. If Arsenal aren't going to cough up what West Ham are looking for, for Declan Rice, what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to, they're going to have to make sure that the player wants to move and they're going to have to make sure that he's pushing from the other side to, to make Arsenal his next destination. Because only then will West Ham potentially, and they might not even at this point, but only then would they consider doing the deal for less and allowing him to join Arsenal Football Club. So, you know, how much loyalty do, do West Ham feel towards Declan Rice because of how many years he's given them, uh, because of the fact he is, um, you know, because of the fact he's maybe stayed a little bit longer than probably he might have or should have. Um, you know, will West Ham facilitate the move he wants as a result of that? Um, even if it means taking slightly less money, I don't know, it's business at the end of the day. So there's no guarantees around that, is there? So yeah, we're going to have to see. But I can't see us signing Rice and Caicedo. This is just my personal opinion, not something I know, unless we make significant sales. So who are those sales going to be? Well, there's talk that Kieran Tierney could be headed for the exit. Now, listen, I like Kieran Tierney. And I've repeatedly said throughout the course of the season that one of the few positions in which we have good enough cover is at left back. But that was prior to recognising and, and understanding and maybe coming to terms with the fact that Kieran Tierney cannot play the Zinchenko role. So either as a manager, you have a plan B when Zinchenko is not in the side and you find a different way to build up from deep and you find a different way to provide support to the deep line midfielder or you move Kieran Tierney on and you go out and bring somebody in who can play that role, who's better equipped to play that role and who tactically understands that role. Because, you know, Kieran Tierney the other day, he just looked completely lost to me. Like he didn't look like he had a clue what he was supposed to be doing. And that might not necessarily be on him solely, but it just, to me, it just didn't work. It just did not work at all. Um, what was I looking for? I was looking for, hold on, can I find this? I'm just trying to see if I can find this right now. Um, no, that's the shop map. That's not what I want. What I want is, is, um, let me try another website. What's the best website to find out how many touches someone had in a game? Uh, because if you compare what Zinchenko has, what Kieran Tierney had at the weekend, it was worlds apart, literally worlds apart. You know, it was really, really disappointing to see Kieran Tierney so, A, uninvolved in the game. 
um, and B, just looking lost and, and not really looking as though he knew what he wanted to do, what he needed to do. It just, yeah, it just didn't make sense to me. I mean, I'm in the match centre now. Hold on a second. Kieran Tierney. Uh, can't see touches, but yeah, he didn't. He made three tackles, won one aerial duel. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'll be able to break it down in the way that I want to without looking at this in um in detail. But hold on, let me try one more time. Bear with me, because uh, there is a point I want to make here. It's just whether I. I can make that point. Um, I haven't used these websites since I used to write on um, on uh, thisisfootball.com and I used to really have to find sort of all sorts of different um, statistics. I can't find it, but I'm, I, I'd bet that it was very few, um, very few in comparison to what Zinchenko um provides or, or or has in your average Arsenal game. And and so, you know, I think that he is one that we could potentially move on. Newcastle are said to be showing a strong interest in Kieran Tierney. Um, you know, but it's all good moving Kieran Tierney on to fund something else, but we need another left back as well. And we need a left back, as I say, is 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 the right left back to come in, do what Zinchenko does. And um, and it not be a problem and not disrupt our way of playing, or we need to find another way uh, of doing things. And and I think that the likelihood of Mikel Arteta sort of changing his philosophy too dramatically is is less than um, the idea of us being able to find someone that can come in and play that role. So could Kieran Tini move on? Maybe. Don't know. Um, but he's one. Uh, another player that looks as though he's headed for the exits is uh, Reese Nelson. Uh, according to reports that emerged yesterday, Reese Nelson has rejected another contract offer from Arsenal Football Club. And I can understand it. You know, his chances have been few and far between. Um, he'll look at that left-hand side that Arsenal have at the moment and he'll feel like he's below both uh, sort of Gabriel Martinelli and Leandro Trossard, for whom the club paid, what, north of £20 million for in January. And he'll feel like his options are going to be limited. I've, we've talked about it before. Could Reese Nelson be the cover to Bukayo Saka on the right-hand side? I just don't see Reese Nelson as a right-winger. I see him as a left-winger, and very much so. And I think he believes that as well. I think all his best moments and best football have come playing on that left-hand side where he can cut in field and he can be dangerous. And, and I don't think he will look at what we have on that left-hand side and feel like he's going to get enough of a crack and enough of a chance. And I understand that. I get it, you know. Um, he's been very patient. He's been out on loan. Now is the time for Reese Nelson to push on. And I tell you what, whoever picks him up on a free transfer will be doing a, a wonderful bit of business because I think he's a really, really, um, you know, a really good player and and someone with a lot of potential. The ceiling for Reese Nelson is so high, but it's whether he can go on and reach that that is is I guess up for debate. But again, at some point, the club have to be ruthless in these situations. Remember, we got Nicolas Pepe to come back as well. What's the future going to hold for him? You know, is he going to come back and, and and fight for a place or is he going to be sold? I think the latter is probably the more likely outcome. But, you know, we are going to have to sell. Following Balogun, what do we do in the striker position? You know, do we bring him back, move Eddie and Ketia on? Do we move Balogun on because he's hot right now and he's 
price is going to be significantly more. The price, I mean, that we can demand for him is going to be significantly higher than what we can demand for Eddie and Ketia. There are a lot of decisions to be made at Arsenal, not just with regards to incomings, but with outgoings as well. And there's going to be, there's going to have to be an element of ruthlessness. There's going to have to be um, some tough decisions made. And, uh, and we're just going to have to see how this goes. But always remember, and, and it's not because I want to slag them off because I think they've backed Mikel Arteta pretty well over the last few years. And I, I repeatedly say this, but they've done that even without Champions League football, even without Europa League football um, for that season as well. But there will come a time where we're going to have to balance things up a little bit more than we've done over the last few years in terms of income and expenditure. And and if that means moving on players that you think can do a job in the squad because they have a value, then you know that's going to have to happen. And we're going to have to accept that, I think, and, and understand that. The reason I, I was sort of so big on the whole keeping Granit Xhaka thing is because I, I, I don't think you will be able to go out and bring someone in of a similar level for anywhere near what you're going to get for him. Um, you know, if you sold Kieran Tierney for 30 million, you could go and bring in a backup left back for 30 million pounds. I'm, I'm certain of that. What you couldn't do is um, is bring in a mid. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favourite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Fielder for £10-15 million pounds, um, that is going to produce the levels that Granite Xhaka has this season. And I know there are question marks around a number of elements of his game, but you, you can't deny he's been one of Arsenal's most important players this season. And when you look at the progress that Arsenal have made, how can you discount him and discount his value to the squad? It doesn't make any sense. So just to kind of summarise um, the sort of news doing the rounds at the moment, Declan Rice is someone that Arsenal want. We understand or, or we hear that Arsenal have kind of set their stall out at £90 million with West Ham United around Declan Rice. Uh, we hear that Caicedo is still an option as well, that Arsenal uh, are happy to go out and get both or, or have indicated to Mikel Arteta that they'd sanction moves for both of those players. Martin Zubin-Mendy is still a midfielder that we've heard a lot about, whose name isn't really going away. Uh, so keep that one in the back of your mind. Reese Nelson has rejected a contract offer from Arsenal and uh, the likelihood of him leaving has increased significantly, as has the likelihood of Kieran Tierney moving on with Newcastle said to be the front runners for the Scotland International's signature. Those are some of the latest reports doing the round. We've also had that war chest chat as well. So you know it's coming into transfer silly season when people put out reports saying Arsenal prepared to hand Mikel Arteta £200 million war chest. That term war chest, like where did it come? It's, it's mad. But anyway, look. What I would say to that is take that with a pinch of salt. What that is, is somebody is somebody predicting how much Arsenal might spend and turning it into news. There's no way that Arsenal would 
ever let that information go out, like down to the penny, what they have to spend. Why would they? If everybody knows you've got a 200 million pound war chest and you try and lowball someone in a negotiation, you've given them the upper hand because they're going to pull out the, the times and say, look, but you've got this war chest. It is nonsense. Clubs know it's nonsense. It's just something to hype the fans up and something to get people talking and, and, and something to fuel the transfer talk going into the summer. Arsenal probably have a figure that they feel like they are willing to go up to if it comes to sort of signing players and, and building and improving the squad. But there's no way they'd make that public information. Therefore, I'm pretty confident when I say that that is a prediction as to how much Arsenal might be able to spend this summer and isn't concrete one way or the other. So I don't want people to turn around at the end of the summer if we spend, I don't know, um, 150 million and say, but we had that 200 million pound more chest because that's not fact. That's someone's opinion and that's someone's prediction of what Arsenal can or can't spend. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at on that. Right. Let's get some of your thoughts. Let's get some of your questions into the live chat for the last sort of 10, 15 minutes of the show today. Uh, love to hear from you guys. Um, any concerns that you guys have got? Any thoughts on any of the stories that we've discussed? Um, any questions for me on anything, drop them in the live chat and I'll pick up as many of those as I possibly can. Uh, of course, between now and the end of the stream, if I could just ask you to leave a like on the video, if you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. If your brand's spanking new as well, it really, really uh, does help. Uh, also, you can check out our membership proposition over on the Another Slice platform where you can get access to additional content. Um, the link is in the description below. But I'm going to take a quick pause give you a quick message from our sponsors while you guys uh, fill up the chat box with what you want to talk about next. The Chronicles of Aguna podcast is sponsored by the good people over at NordVPN, your virtual private network service. They're the best in class, NordVPN, and using uh, one of their accounts and their software can open the doors to so much for you on the internet. Change your virtual location and gain access to TV, films, series, subscriptions, online content that is normally geo-blocked in your region. If you fancy booking some flights abroad, why not change your virtual location so that your browser thinks you're searching from wherever it is in the world that you want and have a look at the prices from that end. Very often, you can save yourself a fair bit of money. The internet is completely different when you haven't got any geo restrictions and you can surf the web from wherever you want it to think you're surfing from. That is one of the main benefits of NordVPN and one of the things that got me hooked and, and has me using a subscription. I can watch the iPlayer of Greek TV channels that I want to watch, uh, which I normally wouldn't be able to do outside of those territories, meaning I don't have to um, try and find a dodgy stream. I don't have to try and um, and find underhanded ways of, um, of watching the programs, the sporting events, the cultural things that I enjoy watching from the motherland. I don't have to do any of that because I've got NordVPN. And all it costs is the price of a cup of coffee per month. Scrap one cup of coffee. I know I can scrap my Starbucks vanilla lattes. Oh, why have I told you that I drink vanilla lattes? Anyway, um, you can check all of that out and you can access all of those wonderful benefits as well as much more. 
It's the most reliable VPN service out there. It's safe and secure and provides that extra layer of security for you when you're surfing the web. Um, and as I say, it costs just the price of a cup of coffee per month. If you sign up via the Chronicles of Aguna partnership, the link is in the description below. Head over to nordvpn.com forward slash Chronicles AFC. You will not only get yourself a huge discount on the service, but you'll also get four additional months for free at the end of your plan. I'm telling you it's well worth it. And this deal runs out in around about 10 days time. So you want to get on this nice and quick. And I promise you, once you surf the web with a NordVPN login, you won't want to um, do it without anymore. I think one account means that you can set it up on six different devices, which is pretty cool as well. Uh, so check them out, nordvpn.com forward slash Chronicles AFC. We thank them for their sponsorship. If you've got any questions on it, then do give me a shout because I'm a regular user of this service and I can help you and explain to you um, what doors it opens and, and why I love it so much. Uh, but thank you to NordVPN and uh, let's get back to the football chat. Okay. Uh, lots of uh, questions to come back to, which is great. It's exactly uh, what I want to see. Uh, Matt says, I just want us to get our business done early this summer. If the price is 90 million, then go in with 90 million. I don't want to see us put a 42 and a half million offer in and see Chelsea swoop in and get him. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think in the past, we've almost taken the piss a little bit with some of the offers that we've made for players because obviously we had... Um, evaluation in our heads of, of what a player was worth. You know, I always say that the value of something or someone is only what somebody else is willing to pay. But obviously the the sale factor comes into that as well. And and in the case of Declan Rice, West Ham know exactly what they have on their hands and, and know that the demand will be there for him this summer and will want to do what's best for their football club as well. Um, I agree with you. What I would say is probably different this summer is that people will be looking at Arsenal and thinking this is a club on the up. This is a club moving forward. This is a club with top players that have managed to tie down the futures and, and secure the futures of some really important players as well and who have shown ambition in the transfer market. And if they're coming after me, that shows ambition as well. And so the want to join Arsenal is probably higher than it has been for a number of years, which means that the players will be pushing harder probably from their side as well uh, to make these deals a reality. So that works in our favour, but I agree with your, your general sort of point there, Matt, that you don't want to see these things rumble on and on and on and on. The truth is that the majority of transfer business happens later in the window. That's fact. That is how it goes. Um, and so some deals will take that little bit longer. These are high value, very complex uh, business transactions and and sometimes that means that you know it takes time and it, it can be difficult to get these things over the line and obviously as the window edges towards a close when people on both sides are wanting a solution that's normally when they're more likely to come to the table and concede a little bit in terms of their terms so yeah um i agree with you though generally speaking that i'd like to see these things done nice and early um dave smith says what's happening with smith rowe also, we have Tavares, Lekonga, Marquinhos out on loan. So how many players do we need? Um, my response to that, Dave, would be with regards to Tavares, Lekonga and Marquinhos, I don't think any of them are good enough, to be honest with you. Um, not to impact the team straight away. They are players for me that we need to be looking to sell. Unfortunately, Tavares has done a bit of a, a Tavares, basically, at Marseille, where he started really well, just like he did at Arsenal. 
and then has gone off a cliff. And so I don't imagine that Marseille will want to keep Nuno Tavares. The hope is that we can recuperate close to the eight million, nine million pounds or whatever it was that we spent to bring him into the club in the first place. Lokonga's done all right at Crystal Palace. You know, there's no reason why we can't get 15 odd million for him, which again, it's the majority of what we paid for him. You know, we will lose a bit, no doubt about that. Marquinhos, I haven't really followed his sort of progression at Norwich that much, um, if I'm being honest, but, you know, he hasn't exactly been pulling up trees, otherwise we'd have heard about it. And the fact that he hasn't done that at championship level would concern me with regards to whether or not he could come into this squad and provide cover for uh, Nicola Pepe. Nicola Pepe, what am I talking about? Bukayo Saka. Um, Nicola Pepe's returning is what I was going to say as well. And I would still argue that he's ahead of Marquinhos. So, yeah, um, that's those are three players that I think we could probably do with either cashing in on or or just accepting that they're they're not quite at that level and, and having them in the squad to bolster it, but not necessarily being ones to focus on. With Smith Rowe, I, I think he stays. I think he works hard over the summer. We've heard a lot of talk about him retraining into a different position, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to write him off just yet, but I have been disappointed with the fact that even after returning from injury, he hasn't really been able to fight his way in and, and have any real impact. Afsar says, um, Harry, the time on the clock is wrong. It is. And do you know why it's wrong? Because the batteries have run out. And my wife has been on my case for the last three or four days um, to, to put new batteries in the clock, to take it off the wall, sort the batteries out, put it back on, etc., etc. And I just haven't got around to it. So I know it is wrong. Um, and um, if she were watching this right now, which she would, never would be because she has zero interest in Arsenal um, and, and transfer rumours, etc., etc., she would be laughing that someone else has pointed it out because... Um, it, it just shows that, yeah, she's had a point these last few days. How many players would you let go this summer? I'd let probably those three go um, that have been mentioned. Marquinhos, Laconga, Tavares. Probably let one of Balogun and Enketia go. So that's four. I'd probably let Kirantini go if the money was right. So five. I'd let Rob Holding go six. So at least six uh, for me. And that's at the very least. I haven't even thought about that at length. Um name says harry i don't want to talk about rumors but if we were to sign both do you think it may be because a certain arsenal defensive midfielder may not be allowed to play next year obviously i know who you're referring to um listen i i, I can't really get into that because i don't know the ins and outs of it and um you know it's why i've not talked about it it's not because i don't think that the allegations if they are level that that player in particular aren't serious I do but legally you can't really discuss it because you're speculating nobody's nobody has revealed or, or been allowed to confirm who the player in question is around this um, and so you know we don't even know that for a fact so that's why I've not talked about the rumours uh, sort of being um, linked to that that Arsenal player, because I just think it, yeah, I, I don't know about the situation. I don't know the ins and outs. I think what we've seen at the back end of the season is, um, is sort of Mikel Arteta wanting to refresh things in midfield, feeling the need to do that. And, um, and maybe he feels that it needs a real revamp in there. And maybe it's more than just 
the adding of one or two that we thought was what we could be doing this summer. Maybe it's about refreshing that area, completely gutted it starting again. I don't know. Uh, but with regards to those rumours, which I, I know what you're referring to, obviously, um, I don't have an opinion on it because I don't know the, the truth. Um, and I also don't want to put myself in a position where I'm commenting on speculation because of the legal implications of that as well. But um, I, I, I do think... The idea now is that the midfield needs a, a real gutting and, and, and revamp. So um wouldn't be surprised if uh, a couple of midfielders moved on this summer. Um, but yeah. Uh, Samuel says, which of the following midfielders would you choose if you could only choose two? Rice, Caicedo, Mount and McAllister. I'd pick Rice and Caicedo every day of the week. Um, I think Caicedo's got a higher ceiling than McAllister. I think the McAllister's kind of reputation is... is leapfrogged higher than maybe it should because of what happened in the summer the summer the world cup of course wasn't in the summer was it, it was in the winter but because of what happened at the world cup i think that he's been held in higher regard then maybe his talent suggests like uh, uh, yeah I, I prefer um i prefer the other the other two rice and Caicedo for me mount i'm not sure on don't think it would be the worst deal in the world um but it's not one I'd be running to do, to be honest with you. Uh, let me pick a couple more because I do need to dash off and collect the little man from nursery. I mean, what is the point of them even going when they finish at 11.45? But hey, that's a that's a moan for another, uh, yeah, complaint for another day, I guess. Um, Jid says, are we trying to get a 25-man squad that's full of starters? This will only result in big-name players who hardly play and cause a toxic dressing room environment. There's a reason only City do it. Um, I'm realistic enough to know that you can't have that. I'm realistic enough to know that that is, um, that is, uh, that is an impossible thing um, to achieve unless you've got the pockets that Manchester City have. Um, and I know that that can cause problems in the squad. And I think Mikel Arteta has made it clear that he prefers to have a smaller, but more engaged group. Um, which is funny because even having a smaller group this season, he's still really been limited in the players that he uses, um, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, um, I just want to see us have a bit more quality in the in the depths of the squad. And um, and that doesn't always mean that they have to be good enough that or, or better or as good as the starters, but they have to be competent when they come in. I think, unfortunately, this season, particularly at centre-back when we lost Saliba, we haven't had competent replacements. And that has really damaged us, like, really, really badly. Um, no worries, Neymar. I've seen your comment. Um, not a problem. Um, mate, if it was a problem, I, I, I wouldn't have even answered the question. So don't worry. Not a, not an issue at all. Um, what else have we got? I'm just going to pick one more out before I leave. I'm trying to make it a good one. Um Hold on. Let me find one. Lots of you pointing out that my clock is wrong. I know. I know. Um, let's say this one. If Arsenal get both Caicedo and Rice, we'd have Rice, Caicedo, Partey, Jorginho, Sammy Laconga, potentially Granite Xhaka and Emil Smith-Rowe for two positions. Who can we realistically sell and why? Well, Jorginho will only have, what, a year left on his contract? So, you know, he was never bought in as a long-term thing, right? So we know that. I would sell Sabi Lekonga. 
Um, I, I would because I think he's the worst in class out of that lot. And um, people will talk about his age and maybe potential. I think he had to show it more and quicker, um, to be honest with you. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Sambi would be the one that I'd sell. Um, you know, you've got to remember as well with the Champions League, we won't be able to half rotate the team like we were doing in the Europa League. So you need to be able to change things up because of the demands of the Premier League and the domestic cups and all of that. And uh, and it and it be okay to rotate, not something that you do out of necessity, but something that you do and you're quite comfortable in doing because you know that the player you're bringing in is of a good enough level to help you achieve what it is that you want to achieve. So I don't really have concern about the two positions thing. Emil Smith-Rowe can play in other positions as well. Um, Rice can play as an eight or as a six. Caicedo the same, I would argue. Partey more so a six. Jorginho more so a six, but there's no reason why he can't play as an eight. Um, there's been times this season where I thought he should have played as an eight. I thought he should have played as an eight that time when Fabio Vieira came into the side. Um, so, you know, what you've got there is players that can play in, in any number of those midfield positions. And I think that 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 works and, and, and makes a lot of sense. Um, so, yeah, I'd sell La Conga and uh, Jorginho isn't going to be here for the long term. So not too, too concerned by that name being in there either. Right, guys, thank you so much for your superb interaction. As always, really, really do appreciate it. Like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Uh, I really, really do appreciate it. If you're listening on audio, then please do leave us a review as well. Uh, Got to get off. Um, but I'll be back tomorrow with another episode, unless something majorly significant breaks. Uh, we'll be back again with another edition of the Chronicles of Aguna very, very soon uh, tomorrow, as I say, or maybe sooner if there's something worth talking about. If not, enjoy the Champions League uh, semi-final second leg tonight. Uh, let's kick back, relax, put your feet up and, and just think that could be us next season. Um, it, it, it's a tough time at the moment. Like there is a... There is a, a sadness in the air. There is a disappointment. I think that really came across in Mikel Arteta's post-match comments the other day as well. You could see it on his face. He was a really dejected figure. Um, but take the positives. Let's move forward. Let's start planning for the future. And um, and hopefully we can uh, we can be there or thereabouts next season again and, and competing at the highest level. Fingers crossed. I'll see you all soon. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.